Listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk, a World Affairs Council conversation with authoritative voices discussing significant newsmaking issues and individuals. Sponsored by Greenberg Traurig, LLP. Today's Global IQ Minute is with Josh Partlow, who is in Dallas this week to discuss his book, A Kingdom of Their Own, The Family Karzai and the Afghan Disaster, which was first published in hardcover last year and is now available in paperback. He was bureau chief in Kabul from 2009 to 2012. But given that Joshua is now the Washington Post bureau chief in Mexico City, I didn't want to miss the opportunity for us to hear his thoughts on the many issues that are now on the front burner between the United States and our southern neighbor, Mexico. Welcome. Thank you very much. The first round of the NAFTA negotiations ended just about a week ago. The second round is scheduled to start late this week in Mexico City. What can you tell us about the mood of the negotiators, especially after President Trump's remarks last week, tweets over the weekend, and as we talked about a few minutes in the car just today, he mentioned again in his press conference that he was somewhat pessimistic about the NAFTA negotiations and even mentioned that maybe we'd have to have tougher stance vis-a-vis Canada. Yeah, I think the mood is deteriorating rapidly on the Mexican side of the negotiations, what I'm most familiar with. Trump's been a critic, obviously, of NAFTA for a long time, but when he talked about how you might have to pull out of NAFTA and renegotiate once the deal is scrapped, last week, I think a lot of Mexican people involved that are close to the negotiations thought that it was just another negotiating tactic. It was just something that, you know, that's Trump being Trump. He's reiterated now twice more, maybe in the last couple days, including today, and I think the tone keeps getting more certain in the way he's threatening to pull out. So I think there's got to be a tremendous amount of fear right now in the Mexican government about what to do and what the impact would be if this deal was scrapped. That's a strong word, fear. What are the options for Mexico? Ever since Trump became president, Mexico's been frantically trying to diversify its trade partners. They've been having talks with South America, with Europe, with Asia. Even if Trump backs off from his position, Mexico has gotten the message loud and clear that they can't rely on the United States the way they used to be able to, and they and they need to diversify their economy more. So I think the Mexican government is very much in favor of free trade and is going to continue. They have you know 40-some free trade negotiations with other countries, so they're going to keep down that path. It's just Obviously, the United States is their biggest trading partner, and it's a huge deal for them. Well, as we know, this administration has had some severe problems with leaks. Have you been able to get a sense of what the United States negotiating position really is? What does our top trade official, Robert Lighthizer, think, and what are his marching orders? My sense is, and a lot of this is I have filtered through Mexicans and some of my colleagues in Washington who are in touch with that side, is that, yeah, there is a mandate to deal with the deficit. The U.S. has a $60 billion trade deficit with Mexico, and Trump has said repeatedly that's one of his main priorities. I think that will be definitely an important part of the talks is how they can address that issue, while at the same time Mexico doesn't want to damage its economy, so they're not going to concede to things that will damage its economy. I think what Mexico is most worried about is industries like the auto auto manufacturing industry that's it's been a booming Especially industry. along the border. Yeah, especially along the border in the northern states. The last decade has been, been great for that part of Mexico. But that's also the area that, that President Trump focuses on the most, and the Midwestern manufacturing jobs have been lost. So I think there will be a short-term, some shock and disruption in Mexico if this agreement is terminated. But they're trying to look elsewhere for free trade partners. You know, one of the things I saw in preparing to talk with you, uh, a quote from Robert Lighthizer, he stated, for countless Americans, this agreement has failed by taking away thousands of jobs. 
This agreement is over 20 years old. Yeah. Most of the jobs that have been lost by most economists state it's because of automation. Right. Right, yeah, I agree, and I think if you talk to the business community, and particularly on, on the U.S. side of the border and elsewhere in the country, they're very much behind NAFTA and, and see the benefits and the trade between the two countries has skyrocketed in the last two decades. Yeah, there are obviously a lot of benefits. Now, these negotiations are really being accelerated. The United States, Mexico, and Canada soon thereafter. And I guess one of the reasons is because of our elections as well as the Mexico's presidential mm -hmm. elections. Mm -hmm. How is the growing tension with the United States in Mexico affecting what you're seeing right now in the presidential elections in Mexico? Yeah, you're seeing a lot more opposition to the United States than you would have otherwise. Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the left-wing candidate, is one of the front runners in the polls for the next election. He's a very familiar political figure in Mexico, and a lot of the business elites and political elites describe him as another Hugo Chavez, which I think is an exaggeration, but it's, there's clearly some wariness about where he would take Mexico if he was elected. Yeah, I mean, all the people I've talked to who are involved in the talks really would like to get an agreement by the end of the year or early next year because they don't want this to get caught up in the campaign season in Mexico, and they don't want a new Mexican administration to come in next year and then have to redo the negotiations, essentially. Shannon O'Neill, who's a fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations and a frequent guest of many World Affairs Councils, specializes in Mexico, and she wrote in this quarter's issue of Foreign Affairs, a quarter century of partnership is now faltering thanks to U.S. President Donald Trump's overt hostility to Mexico and Mexicans. Are you seeing growing animosity in Mexico among the general population towards the United States and towards Americans? I think you're definitely seeing more animosity towards the U.S. government. I don't think it's translating to American citizens living in Mexico yet. I haven't experienced that personally. We have a story today in the Post about how NAFTA has brought the U.S. and Mexico closer together culturally, and the culture of consumerism in Mexico has really flourished over the last two decades in all the chain stores and all the malls that you would have here, you have there, and the NFL just sold out in under an hour. Tickets to an NFL game they're going to have in Mexico City later, and they're filming Hollywood movies in Mexico City. And so there's a lot of cross-cultural exchange that is not going to be reversed anytime soon. That's good to hear. Of course, a severe problem for Mexico is corruption. Mm -hmm. You seem to specialize in going to <laughs> countries that are corrupt, <laughs> Afghanistan and now Mexico. But is Mexico making any progress there? I know how many state governors are fighting corruption yeah. charges or have been put in prison. Unfortunately, I haven't seen too much progress. They have some anti-corruption measures and legislation that's that's been proposed and passed, but the offices that deal with that uh, issue don't have a lot of independence or political strength at this point. It's not like in Guatemala, we just saw the other day, There's they've had a UN-backed corruption panel that the president is trying to throw out the head of that out of the country because it's it's had a lot of real teeth over the past few years and, and put the former president behind bars. And you don't see that kind of independent anti-corruption investigations in Mexico yet. Reporting in Mexico, from all accounts, is extremely dangerous. As an American reporter, how do you reduce your risk? Are you reporting on the cartels? Yeah, I've done some reporting on the cartels. I've spent some time recently over the last few months in the state of Guerrero, which is the main opium poppy producing state in Mexico and where a lot, most of the heroin now in the U.S. comes from Mexico and comes from that part of Mexico. And it's maybe, as you might imagine, just total wild west. These fractured mini cartels all warring against each other and the government and their militias. And there's a lot of lawlessness in parts of Mexico. 
in those places, I just yeah try to be I guess careful about knowing what I'm walking into before I walk into it, and doing it with locals who are familiar with the area so to know where I can go and where I can't. But sometimes you get surprised, and and I yeah you've seen some scary stuff. Have you had any threats? Not threats directly, but I in a recent story I did in Acapulco. I was driving down the street and came across a gunman in the middle of the street who had a big assault rifle and a cowboy hat and jeans, and he was beating up some guy in the middle of the street, and we were the car right in front of him and hmm. sort of expected that he might execute this person right in front of us but you know he let him lie there on the on the pavement as we were watching the federal police drove past this guy and then just kept going and didn't stop and it's in your face and it's in the open in parts of Mexico. We have time for just one more question. Is there any structure where Mexico could pay for a wall? No, I don't think so. They've been adamant about that. I think politically it's impossible given how unpopular the idea is and how unpopular And today in his press conference, President Trump said you have to have a wall and Mexico will pay for it because of the drug trafficking. Yeah. Drugs are coming through the Caribbean and elsewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think what Mexico would do if they were forced into this confrontation is that they're going to pull back on the cooperation they have with the United States in terms of trying to detain Central American migrants who are coming to the U.S. or cooperating on certain drug war policies. So I think Mexico does have some leverage still to play if this deteriorates. We've been talking with Josh Partlow. He is the bureau chief for The Washington Post in Mexico City. His paperback, A Kingdom of Their Own, The Family Karzai and the Afghan Disaster, was just released, and it's a great book to really understand Afghanistan. By the way, if you are a subscriber to the Dallas Morning News, one of our Dallas listeners, uh, you can have access to The Washington Post for free, and I encourage you to do so. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Josh. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Global IQ Minute with Jim Falk a production of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. Subscribe and rate Global IQ Minute on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite app. For information about a World Affairs Council in your community, visit worldaffairscouncils.org. Global IQ Minute is sponsored by Greenberg Traurig LLP, a global firm with 2,000 attorneys in 38 offices across the globe. Visit the firm at gtlaw.com.